90.7 WTCC. Good morning. Welcome. Welcomes, welcomes, welcomes to the spoken word. I'm your host, Bishop Talbert Swan, the second. And um, we got our Facebook Live audience. We've got our our um, Periscope slash Twitter audience. We've got our Instagram audience. We've got those who are listening online. Uh, rep your city, rep your town. Tell me where you're chiming in from. Love to know uh, exactly uh, where you're coming in from. Let me let me set this up. Um, there was a um, a congressional hearing on the issue of white nationalism, white supremacy, <clears throat> on Friday, and the Republicans um, invited Auntie Ruckus to come back um, as their expert witness. Um, so that she could testify on their behalf to debunk, you know, um, this notion that white supremacy is a problem in America. Um, And so Auntie Ruckus, um, a.k.a. black conservative commentator Candace Owens, uh, was back up on the hill in her role as the white nationalist denier the denier-in-chief, telling uh, Congress that white supremacy is not a problem for black folks. Um, And now now get this. She's invited to a House Joint Oversight Subcommittee uh, on combating white supremacy, basically to provide cover for right-wing racists, um, to provide cover for uh, white supremacy. Now, she's supposed to be an expert witness. As I stated at the beginning of the program, she's a college dropout, um, held one job in her life as an administrative assistant before she wound up doing this stuff full-time and working for TPUSA as a white supremacist denier. Um, Has never voted a day in her life is basically a, a, a sycophantic puppet and white supremacy apologist for racist conservatives. And so um, they tout her as the expert. They, they put her on Fox news and various um, uh, media outlets uh, to talk about this as if she has any level of experience. Once again, the girl has never even voted but she's telling black people to get off the Democrat plantation. First of all, um, um, you have spit in the face, Candace, of our ancestors who fought, bled, and died so we could have the right to vote by the fact that your trifling behind has never bothered to even go to the polls. So who the hamburger are you to tell black folk who they should or shouldn't vote for? Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning. I'm um, listening with a lot of interest in your show because this is a subject that I've had big questions about. And to be honest with you, I kind of relate to what Candace Owens is saying. Say that again? I think of all, I said that. Owens is saying. 
Yeah, you faded out. You faded. I think you faded out again. You said you kind of. I didn't hear whether you said you kind of like. I said I relate. Oh, you relate. Okay. Yes, because of all the problems facing Black Americans, I think white nationalists are at the bottom of the list. And if we focus all of our attention on white nationalists, we'll be distracted from the things. That could truly empower us. So let me ask. Let me. So let me ask you a question. Because what Candace said, what she testified before Congress, was both, both the issue of white nationalists, but also the issue of white supremacy, and basically, mm-hmm. and basically saying neither one of them was a problem. Now, I, I have a hard time with wrapping my head around the thinking that white supremacy could possibly be at the bottom of any list of things affecting black Americans when America, its system of government, its treatment of black people is steeped in uh, and undergirded by the foundation of white supremacy. So every single social ill that affects black people finds its root back in white supremacy. So I'm, I, so my question to you is how then could it possibly be at the bottom of any list? That's a good question, my brother, and I thank you for the opportunity to, to answer that. When I actually look at what faces problems that face black Americans, I see problems in our families. I see problems in the way black men are valued. I see problems in fatherlessness. I see problems in our diet. I see problems in things that we can do to strengthen so, so, ourselves. Now, all of that is true. I, I agree. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I, you know, and, and I'm a proponent of good diet, of fathers being present. I think a lot of this is steeped in mythology, though. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I put this out the other day because we always talk about black fatherlessness. Let's be real. 30% of white children are born into fatherless homes. For those that are born into two-parent homes, 40% of their marriages end in divorce with the father leaving the home. The majority of deadbeat fathers on the list of those who don't pay child support are white men. The majority of women on welfare, because there's no father in the home taking care of the children, are white women taking care of white children. But never do we hear about fatherlessness as a problem in white America, but we often hear fatherlessness is the undergirding problem facing black America. Now, here's now here. Let me let me just finish, sum it up like this. If we fix the problem of fatherlessness, mm-hmm. if we had 90 yeah. percent of black fathers living in their homes and involved right. in the mm-hmm. life of their children, if we fixed our diet problem, if we fixed That's everything right. that you talked about. White supremacy and the way white folks treat us and the way white supremacist systems deal with black people in America would still be the same. None of that explains none of that explains none of that explains white cops murdering unarmed black people. None of that explains uh, uh, us being discriminated against in the workplace. None of that explains any of the ways that we are treated based on white supremacy. So how then do we put 
I'm going to let you respond. How then do we put, let us fix our own problems and then pretend that white supremacy is going to go away if we deal with that? That's just not realistic. Here's my premise, brother. If we fix our families, if we put black fathers in the home, if we fixed our diet, if we fixed our economy, we don't care how white people think about us. White it's not a, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of how they think about us. I do care how they treat us. I do care. Now, let me go back because because the same folks like Candace Owens are the ones who will talk about uh, pre-integration. They will talk about before right. before we had right. before we had integration, black families were together. Uh, uh, black people uh, learned right. in black institutions, in black schools, That's and right. so on and so forth. And they talked about how much better the black family was. And still was. we were being lynched. And still we were being discriminated against. And still Emmett Till was being thrown in a Mississippi River. So even when all of that was in place, it did not stop white supremacy my, my, from my, dealing my, my with brother, us like that. My brother, but my brother... We ain't getting lynched in Chicago. We're murdering each other in Chicago. We're focusing on 50-year-old threats. Time out, time out. I I can't let you do that, brother. I can't can't let you do that. First of all, first of all, we're not going to scapegoat Chicago. We're not going to use the white supremacist talking points and make Chicago the poster child for so-called black-on-black crime. First of all, when you look at the top 25 most violent cities in the United States of America, Chicago ain't on the list. That's number one. So y'all need to leave Chicago alone. Chicago ain't on the list. And then, and then, wait, 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 wait. I need to finish this. Chicago ain't on the list. Not only that, when you talk about so-called black-on-black crime, people kill in the proximity to who they're near, who they deal with. 90% of black folk that are killed are killed by other black folk. But guess what? 88% of white folk that are murdered are murdered by other white folk. 87% of Asians that are murdered are murdered by other Asian folk. But we don't hear white on white crime. We don't hear Asian on Asian crime. But we keep highlighting this thing about black on black crime, which is not at any level or any percentage higher than any other demographic when it comes to violence of the same race. I'm not talking about demographic contests. I'm saying too many black boys are dying, and we have to stop it and stop looking at white people to solve our problems. Now, uh, nobody's looking at white folks to solve our problems. Listen, everything that you're saying, like I said at, at the beginning of our conversation, there's no fundamental disagreement that I have. I don't want black people. I don't. I don't want black people. I don't want black people killing one another. I I completely agree. At the same time, here's my problem: we cannot use the argument of what black people do to each other, and and how we need to take care of ourselves as a counter argument to white supremacy, as if to say, if black people deal with this. White supremacy would no longer be a problem. That's a fallacy. That's not a counter argument. We don't deal. We don't deal with one or the other. We deal with both and. It's not about one or the other. I got to challenge you on that. This assumption that white supremacy is some omnipotent, omnipresent superpower. I believe in black supremacy, and that's what I focus my attention on. 
on building up black people, and I don't worry about no white threats. See, I build my people, and that's what I hope we talk about. It's how All right. we build ourselves. Thank you. I appreciate your call. But listen, brother, you know, uh, uh, no fundamental disagreement. No fundamental disagreement. Build ourselves, all of that. Black empowerment, rah, rah, I'm down for all of that. At the end of the day, let's not be ignorant enough to think that we can just brush over and ignore white supremacy and act like it ain't an issue. Because it is an issue. In every facet of American life, it's an issue. It's an issue with whether or not you get capital from banks. It's an issue. And we're not asking white folk to give us nothing. That we we pay taxes. We invest our money. We put our money in those banks. So when we go to the bank for a loan, we're doing the same thing white folks. And we're not asking white folk for a handout. We're asking for fair treatment. That's what we're asking for. And so, like I said, if we fix every single problem in the black community, that we can possibly fix ourselves, white supremacy is still going to be an issue in America. And for us to pretend it's not, it's complete ignorance. Good morning, caller. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning. Um, in response to the uh, testimony, that uh, the, the, the lies that were given in Congress or the Senate or wherever it was, I just want to say gentrification is still happening. Redlining is still happening, even though it's illegal. Um, fathers were taken out of our families by the criminal justice system. We see who's in jail. So all of that, you know, white supremacy, until we deal with the racism in this country, no, none, no people of color are going to be okay. That's all I want to say. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your call. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Bishop Swan. It's, it's Robert here, your buddy. Let, let me help you out with this. The last caller made a valid point. But what you said was white supremacy has to be addressed first and foremost. You got somebody beating on your front door, you don't go meet them at the back door. Simple as that. And I won't go any further because I want to listen to you talk on the air. Have a good day, sir. Thank you. 413-736-2781. What about black homes where the daddy is there? Hmm? Does that mean that the children in those homes are not going to be subject to police harassment, discrimination on the job, or any of the other effects of white supremacy? You know it doesn't. You know it doesn't. So to simply say, Get the fathers in the home, and that's going to solve the problem. No, it's not. It's not. You know, my sons have been the subject of police harassment. And I've been daddy in their life, their whole life. It doesn't have anything to do with fatherlessness as to why they were subject to being harassed by police. So let, 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 let's not act like uh, bringing up the issues in the black community is a counter argument to the problem of white supremacy in America. Um, that, 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 that is a white supremacist talking point, and we need to stop using it ourselves. 
Stop it. Stop it. Because we don't deal with one or the other. We deal with both and. I deal with the issue of white supremacy, uh, police brutality, all those other ills. And at the same time, anyone who's been listening to me for any length of time knows that I challenge black people to get their stuff together as well. And it's not about one or the other. And you don't use so-called black-on-black crime and all of that as a counter-argument for police murdering unarmed black people. Good morning, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, uh, thank you for taking my call, uh, Mr. Swan. I I really took issue with the previous caller trying to bring up Chicago talking points. Uh, and you're absolutely right when you say that those are white supremacist talking points. I'm not sure if you actually use that term, but that's what I call them. Yeah, I, I get so tired of people scapegoating Chicago, 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 Chicago. White supremacists brought that mess up. Um, um, and, and it's sad when black folk use it, you know, as a counter argument to any conversation dealing with the problem of white supremacy. Chicago ain't the only city in the United States that has uh, uh, violence, that has uh, shootings going on. And as I stated, if you check the record out of the most violent cities in America, the top 25 most violent cities in America, Chicago ain't even on the list. Absolutely right. And this whole notion that we have to be 100 percent, you know, without error, without any kind of uh, uh, issues on our own before we can actively speak on the effects of racism. And Think about that. And how it affects us. You know, it's just crazy. Absolutely. An excellent point. So in order, before black people can complain about injustice, um, the mistreatment of our people, the health disparities, the wealth gap, um, uh, housing and employment discrimination, Police brutality. Before we can talk about any of that, uh, which are all um, um, the results of white supremacy, we have to fix everything in the black community or else we have to shut up and be silent and just suffer in silence. That's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. And you, you, you brought up an excellent point when you when you made sure to let them know that when it comes to violence, you know, people. People kill their own demographic based off of where they live. So that, that's, that's absolutely the, the, the case. And no one's ever talking about anything on anything crime except for black on black crime. That's it's it's, it's that amazing. I, I, I put a post up the other day just, you know, just just to get people talking about it. I talked about World War One, World War Two, the Revolutionary War, uh, the Civil War and a list of whole things. And I said all of that was white on white crime. But but nobody talks about white on white violence. White folk been killing each other for time immemorial. And not only have they been killing each other, they've been killing every other demographic. White on Japanese violence, white on black violence, white on brown violence. But nobody talks about that. Everybody want to talk about black on black violence uh, and ignore the fact that white folks are the ones who mastered violence. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally mastered violence. And got the rest of the world following their lead when it comes to it. Appreciate your call, brother. Yes, sir. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, father. Is this my daughter from Chicago? 
And it's your daughter from Chicago. All right. How you doing, baby girl? I'm great. I'm great. I'm on my way to work, but I had to call in because I've lived in Chicago for 10 years. And I continually hear my city being brought up as the only city, the only black city in the United States as if we're the only one that has violence. And I'm tired of it. They don't show on the news the great things that happen in Chicago, the programs that are here for black youth. The only thing that's highlighted is black on black crime. And that is not uh, a response to white supremacy by no means. And your asinine callers and your asinine president gets on my nerves. I just had to say that. Love you, Dad. Love you too, baby. Take care. Kiss my grandbabies for me. I got you. All right. 413-736-2781. So they're having this hearing, y'all. And um, Democrats in charge of the hearing tried to shut Candace Owens down by just ignoring her. But then Ohio representative Jim Jordan, who's the person who invited her, he ceded his time to her, allowing her the floor. And she commenced pulling out all of the tired, trite, debunked tropes that she could think of so she could avoid admitting that white supremacy and white nationalism is a problem in America. And, of course, you know, she did the same things, uh, pulled out the same stuff, uh, missing fathers in black homes, black-on-black crime, the need for God and religion, shrinking government, all of that stuff. Uh, Once again, like, if you deal with that stuff, uh, white supremacy is going to go away. All of a sudden, the, the white nationalists who gets a gun and walks into a school and murders people is going to say, hey, you know what? Black fathers are back in the home, so I won't shoot people today. I mean, come on. Y- y'all can't be serious with this. Stuff. I mean, the violence and racial hatred espoused and often acted upon by white supremacists and white nationalists said, she said it doesn't make her top 100. Doesn't make her top 100. Hundred that 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 means that means and and the caller who called in a little earlier said it's at the bottom of the list. So out of all of the things that's wrong in America that affect black people, we got people actually saying white supremacy doesn't even register. It's at the bottom of the list. It don't make the top one hundred. Are y'all serious? Listen, the people who in Massachusetts who are um, uh, investing in the cannabis industry, they ought to invest in the stuff that y'all smoking because it's some good stuff. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Uh, good morning. God bless you, um, Bishop um, Swan. Um, you know, I was just calling just to chime in because it's really interesting. Yesterday after service let out, when we walked outside, there were three, four police cars outside parked, and they had pulled over a um, um, two black gentlemen with a three, four-year-old, possibly three or four-year-old child in the back of the car. They had handcuffed them, put them in the car, and um, the mistake they made is that they did it in front of a black church. Also, our pastor walked outside, and he said, so what's the charges? What's going on? Can I ask ask what church this was? 
Yeah, this is Greater Maranatha Church of God in Christ. Okay. Um, what what city are you in? I'm in Stockton, California. All right, go right ahead. And he said, for so what are the charges? And he stood out there, the deacon stood out there with him while they opened, proceeded to wait for another car to come with a dog in it. They had the dog search the car, search all over. The dog didn't find anything. The gentlemen are still in the back of the car handcuffed. They took the they took every single thing out of the gentleman's trunk. They were driving a black Mercedes Benz. They took everything out the truck. I mean, I guess they had went shopping at Macy's. I guess they had a lawn chair in the back. Just tons of stuff they took they took out, and then they proceeded to put everything back in one item at a time, which is something that we know that they never would have done had my pastor had not have been there. Oh, they would have left anyway, everything. They would have left everything out on the street and left them to put it back in themselves. They would have. Would, no, they would. They have them in the car. They would have taken them to jail. The child would have been put in the system, and that's what I was talking about: systematic oppression. Because while they were standing there, um, eventually, after probably about thirty, forty-five minutes, they let one gentleman out the car. They took the handcuffs off. He was upset. He had reason to be. His child's in the back of the car. He's in a police car. They've taken the child out the car. And then finally, I couldn't hear what was going on. But then I heard my, my pastor, the other deacons, half the church, standing outside. And then the second black young man was taken out of the car. His handcuffs were taken off. And all I could think of was, thank God that that that, that they did it in front of greater mayor, not the church of God in Christ. Um, that was that was the mistake that, that they made because that could have went so many different ways. All of those sheriffs had guns on them, every single one of them, and and um, and um, every single one of them, and and they took them out of the car and handcuffed them before they even did the search, before the dogs even arrived. So I just I just really think that it's important that that we continue as as a community to support one another. When we see something going on, to go and find out what's going on. Everyone had their cell phones out, so the police couldn't do anything out of line. But that could have went any number of ways. So I just wanted to say that that is what's contributing to the systematic oppression. That could have been the child. Now, that child, how is that child going to respond for, I mean, for the rest of their their, their lives? That's, right. That was Traumatic trauma. experience. Absolutely. That was trauma. That was trauma. And, and then and what if my pastor wasn't there? What if the, the church was just getting out? If the church wasn't just getting out, they were already in the car. The child would have been in the system over the weekend. Thank know? God. Thank God it happened when it happened. And and the quick thinking and decision of your pastor and those there um, to actually get involved. And that's what we've got to do. When you see something, say something. When you see something, do something. Uh, we can't just sit idly by and allow it to happen and do nothing about it. Yeah. Dr. Terrence Southfold, Dr. Terrence Southfold, First Lady Vanessa Southfold, Church of God, Greater Maranatha, Church of God in Christ. Our bishop is J.W. Macklin. <laughs> I know him very well. Thank, thank you so much for your call. God bless you. Four one three seven three six two seven eight one. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Uh, good morning, uh, Bishop Swan. Yes. Hey, listen, um, uh, um, the talking points that that you're you're, uh, you're raising, and um, 
the bottom of the list in terms of white supremacy. Listen, we're have they're having an event today at State Jim Crow Museum, and at first they're going to talk about you know all the artifacts of Jim Crow during that era of Jim Crow, but then they're going to segue into everybody else, every other culture being getting treated the same way. This is what the pushback and some of the reasons why you're hearing white supremacy is on the bottom of the list. Yeah, I keep I keep I keep I keep hearing that argument over and over again. Other cultures were enslaved. Every racial demographic dealt with slavery. They keep trying to water down American chattel slavery. They keep trying to dismiss it. They keep trying to act like black folk in America haven't experienced anything that no one else has experienced, which is complete revisionist history over and over again. It's just another way to try to diminish the black experience in America and pretend that we're some whiny children who are complaining about something that happened so many years ago and using it as an excuse for our so-called failures today and to give cover to white supremacy that has never ceased in America. And so this is what we're going to be listening to today, and the language is going to be inclusion and diversity. This is how they're going to use the language, and they're using a black man to do this. Not surprising. This is starting at 11 o'clock. Thank you for your call. Yeah. 413-736-2781. Candace says white nationalism is not a problem that is harming black America. So the question I have is no harm was committed when nine black folks were massacred by Dylan Roof at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston. Uh, No harm was done when federal prosecutors alleged white supremacists violently threatened a black candidate for elected office in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, and he left the race for good. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on and, 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 and give example after example of harm being done um, because of white supremacy in America. And we really have these people saying this stuff, and we really have black people repeating this nonsense let me let me let me let me let me play what she had to say so so you can really hear it and we'll come back and talk about it problem in america or a major problem or threat that's facing black america um this is again just election rhetoric this is again just an attempt to assault an administration that is doing all that they can Um, to help black America in every single regard, whether it's criminal justice reform, whether it's talking about real issues like school choice, which should be implemented um, to conquer some of these illiteracy rates that is actually harming the black community. Um, And I think it's unfortunate um, that we have this many hearings um, on something that is so small in America. This has just been about attacking his administration day in and day out with things that do not matter. White supremacy and white nationalism is not a problem that is harming black America. Let's start talking about putting fathers back in the home. Let's start talking about God and religion and shrinking government because government has destroyed black American homes. And every single one of you know that. And I think Many people should feel ashamed for what we have done and what Congress has turned into. It's days of our lives in here, and it's embarrassing. The only thing embarrassing in that room 
was Candace Owens sitting there giving cover um, to white supremacy. Uh, it, it is absolutely pathetic. And any black person uh, sitting here saying that uh, white nationalism, white supremacy is not a problem in America needs to have their head checked. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, Bishop Swan. Um, you know, Candace Owens isn't the only one who says is saying what she's saying. There's plenty of uh, black people that are saying the same thing. She's not the only person out there with that viewpoint. Well, 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 so and, many, and, I, and what does that mean? I, I, and what does that mean? And who is plenty well, of black I mean, people? It, who is plenty well, of black I mean, people? You, who, well, I mean, Tom, I mean, Tom, Tom, I'm, Thomas Sowell is one of them. I mean, uh, Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder, Diamond and Silk. Yeah. How many other coons are you going to name? Well, I mean, you were naming them, too. <laughs> so, I mean, you know the ones. I mean, the point is. I know, but y'all got your, 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 see, here's the problem. You guys have your handful of black sycophantic white supremacy apologists that we can all name. Thomas Sowell, you know, um, Larry Elder, Diamond and Silk, Candace Owens, Brandon Tatum. We can name them. We can name the the 15 or 20 or so. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish my point. We can name the 15 or so black people that will parrot white supremacist talking points. But then you go off and say, there are plenty of black people saying, Fifteen people ain't plenty of black people. Okay, there's there's forty million black people in America. Stop acting like, you know, the the few paid, yes, paid, the few paid black sycophants who parrot white supremacist talking points represent the broader black community. That's a fantasy. Stop acting like they're speaking for the masses of black people when you know good and well that they're not. All right, can I, can I speak? Because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of conservative black people who, who, who vote Republican, and we're trying to, we're trying to get more because they <laughs> What is a lot? They, they, wait, 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 what is a lot? What is a lot? I got to understand because numbers are not relative. Numbers don't lie. When you say a lot, what is a lot? Because the last time I checked in the 2016 election, okay, uh, 87% of black men did not vote Republican and 96% of black women did not vote Republican. So how in the world do you take a combined 8% of black people who didn't, who, who voted that way and say a lot mm-hmm. in what world okay. does 8% represent a lot? 8%, I mean, how many black people are in the country? In what, once again, in what world does, people, if I they think. gave you 8% of your check on Friday, would you say you got a lot of your money? I would say I got a percentage of it. Would you say you got a lot of your money? Would you say you got a, if you, if you ran, if you ran for an office and 92% of a specific demographic voted against you, would you say you got a lot of their votes? Why should they be silent? Wait a minute. I'm asking you a question, man. Answer the question. If 92% of a demographic voted against you, would you consider you got a lot of their votes? No, I wouldn't. So why you keep talking about a lot of black people? No. Okay. Can I I make my point? 
Can I make my point? I'm just debunking your point. Uh, Why you keep talking about a lot of black people when you know good and well it ain't a lot of black people? Why are you yelling when I'm trying to make a point? Dude, don't tell me how to run my show. Either make your point or I'll move on to the next caller. You talking about a lot of black people. 92% of the people voting against you is not a lot of black people. Here's my point. You're on the show saying how bad it is for black America, okay? We've got a different point of view on how to make it better. Why should a lot of, if, if things aren't working for 92% of the people that you're saying and that you complain about, then maybe it'll work in a different direction. But who are you to, but who are, but who the hamburger are you to tell me what's best for black America? Who are you as a white man to tell black people what's best for black people? Are you going to be crying about the same stuff every week is my point. Because let me tell you something. Uh, Now, get off my line, fool. Get off my line. Um, First of all, crying, crying, uh, challenging white supremacy, challenging the unjust murder of black people and the mistreatment of black people in this nation is not crying, okay? So when your sons, when your white sons are subject to be murdered by police simply because they're white, walking while white, talking while white, playing basketball while white, driving while white, then you come and tell me it's crying. You know, I don't have no tolerance for a white man to tell me that complaining and, 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 and airing just grievances about how black people are treated in America is crying. Who the hell are you to tell black people they need to stop crying? It, it, it kills me when people in the oppressive class, when colonizers sit here and tell you that your legitimate complaints, your legitimate grievances about the way that your people are treated in America is somehow you whining and crying and complaining. Get out of my face all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. You must be out of your mind. You must be out of your rabid mind telling black folk that they're crying or they're complaining. Am I going to be crying? I'm going to cry loud and spare not. I'm going to complain about white supremacy till the cows come home. I'm going to complain about it every day, all day, every month, every single month. And if you don't like it, Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hello. You're on the air, caller. Hi, is this for Bishop Talbert? You're on the air, yes. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to address the last caller. He's a clown. And also I wanted to bring up the point that a lot of times when we're talking about white supremacy, what we don't delve into is the fact that when people throw up things like Chicago, while I might not be from Chicago, I grew up in the Midwest. And in the Midwest, we... It's largely and widely known that there were a lot of cops who were killing black people and scrolling gang members' names onto walls to make it seem as if it was other black people who were killing them. We had a large problem when they were doing that with gang members. There were plenty of times when we knew of murders that happened. And on the news, here comes the news with the 
suspected gang member that everyone knew that the person they threw up there wasn't a suspected gang member, yet they associated that person with being in a gang. There were times when we've seen the actual murders and seen that it was the cops who did it. But see, this is a this is an issue that we don't talk about, we don't touch base on, we it never comes up, and I don't understand why we don't have a voice and why we don't speak to that. Absolutely. Great points. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Good. 413-736-2781 is the number if you want to chime in on the discussion. You know, uh, I'm tired of white folk telling me what's best for black America. You, you're you not qualified to tell me what's best for black America. You, 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 you don't qualify to tell me what we ought to try. Okay? It's my sons that are at risk. My daughters that are at risk. My community that's being ravaged. You don't get to sit in your little white suburb living your privileged white life, you know, supporting a white supremacist, and then tell me what's in the best interest of black people and name a bunch of sellout black sycophants that I should listen to. I ain't going to never listen to Thomas Sowell and Candace Owens and Larry Elder or none of the other sycophantic black sellouts that you like to quote as authorities on the black community and pretend that they speak for the masses when you know doggone well that they don't. All of a sudden, numbers, you know, have different meaning when you want to talk about black people. A lot of black people vote Republican. A lot of black people support Trump. And then when you get to the nitty gritty of the real numbers, you fumble over yourself. Let me finish. No, bruh, answer the question. You said it was a lot of black people. We know it wasn't. 92% of black people voted against that fool. If you took a test and got an 8% on the test, would you say I got a high score on the test? Like I said, if you got your check and you only got 8% of it, would you say I got a lot of my money? But all of a sudden, when it comes to black votes, you want to pretend that 8% of the black vote is a lot of black votes. Stop it. Cut it out. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Yes, good morning, Bishop Swan. Um, Bishop Swan, um, about the Chicago shooting, I did come across a site on the Internet where they were talking about a lot of those shootings. Um, They're saying they were gang members, but they said they came across that they were actually white guys painting themselves um, black or brown, wearing dark glasses, painting their face brown, plus their hands brown, and doing the shooting. The, 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 the previous caller just, just hit on that point, and that is a conversation that is going around um, um, in terms of what's happening out there, uh, and that's something that definitely should be looked into. Thank you for your call. Good morning, caller. Y'all got to be patient on the calls. I'm going to get to them. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Oh, yes. I wanted to make a comment about um, uh, Candace Owens. Uh, She mentioned about this administration wants to have a smaller government. Well, the facts are is that 
um, this administration uh, had the largest expansion in government in U.S. history. Absolutely. Uh, for one. And, and second is that this deficit uh, with, with the tax uh, cuts uh, this past, uh, past winter. $880 trillion deficit under this administration. And and um, Steve Mnuchin and uh, the, the White House are they're beating their chests about how many jobs have been ex- expanding. I'd like to mention to your radio, your honorable radio audience, the National Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, keeps a record on employment. So there's a lot of uh, they, they say this job, this is a booming economy. That's not really true. For example, if someone go, has a part-time job working, um, say, 10 hours a week, which a lot of people do have part-time jobs, that is considered a full-time job. So the, the, uh, that is calculated in full employment, even though a person is working part-time. So they skew the data that this economy is so great. And last of all, I want to, the comment I want to make is that the, um, the uh, credit uh reporting agencies they see within the last year we're already in recession but they see uh, less charges on credit cards which is good people are not spending um because they don't have the money okay so this economy is on false legs so i wanted to mention that uh, candace owens um has some misinformation thank you very much Thank you for your call. And the bottom line is Candace is not an expert at anything. She's never excelled at anything other than parroting white supremacist talking points. She's never researched anything. She's never pioneered anything. She's never written anything. What is she an expert at? Other than getting on television, getting before Congress, getting in public spaces, using the same tired, trite tropes to disparage the black community and getting paid handsomely for it by white supremacists. That's the only thing she's an expert at. Only thing she's ever done in her entire life. But the reality is this, my sisters and brothers, when black people repeat the false claims of racists, white supremacy wins. You know, that's what makes black sellouts dangerous. White supremacy wins. You get callers like that last white caller who called in here. There's a lot of black people who agree with Candace. You know, as long as they can point to black folk who repeat their stuff, white supremacy wins. Black sellouts are dangerous to African-Americans. Um. And that's what makes them so useful to those who hate us. You know, um, for her part, uh, Candace Owens scoffs at the notion um, that she was an inspiration for the New Zealand shooter. But she was, you know, he stated that she uh, was his inspiration. Um, um, And many of these black sycophantic sellouts inspire other white supremacists. Um, And it's not a reach to say, um, you know, that they are dangerous right-wing mouthpieces. Um, 
um, and we need to confront them and we need to call them out. And nobody said, the caller was saying, why should they be silenced? Nobody's trying to silence anybody. They have the right to speak. They have their First Amendment right, but so do we. We have the right to counter their fictitious arguments. We have the right to challenge uh, their vitriol. We have the absolute right to give an alternative viewpoint and talking point to the nonsensical uh, white supremacy apologism that they're putting out there. Um, you know, so, and the, and the reality is, if if right now, if I wanted to all of a sudden blow up internationally and be featured on Fox News and conservative talk radio and have people underwrite me and fund me and give me money, all I would have to do is say, you know, uh, I had an epiphany. I saw the light. Uh, Trump was sent by God. Um, uh, he's the man for the hour. There is no uh, racism. White supremacy is not a problem. White nationalism is not a problem. And start talking bad about black people and start parroting uh, uh, white supremacist talking points and start talking about black on black crime and Chicago and all of that stuff. And all of a sudden I'd blow up. I mean, Fox News would hire me tomorrow if I would get on Fox News and talk bad about black people. But I got something called a conscience and I got something called character and I have something called integrity and I'm not going to sell out my soul for a dollar or a book deal or the opportunity to be on television because I have to live with myself. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. What's up, Frat? This is Chuck Fagan in Savannah, Georgia. It's a blessing to see you on the air. Uh, Alfred, what's up, brother? I'm man, good, man. I, I listen in. I, I, I see some comments, some very nasty comments in the section, you know. And I, you know, I'm, I'm listening to your conversation about the Candace Owenses of the world, and you know, my experience as a, a white guy in 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 Iota has been that too often, uh, real conservative black voices, like say Brother Harry Offord, you know, are always ignored in the mainstream media, right? Because he himself is not a mouthpiece for some right-wing propaganda. He's just a businessman. You know, others like Brother Shelley Stewart, you know, yep, or Brother yep, Keith yep. Motley. You know, these are, these are guys who are, in general, conservative black men, but are not, you know, some power piece for some right-wing, you know, oligarchs. Uh, so I just want to get your, your take on maybe trying to pump up some, some other types of black conservative voices uh, but keep doing what you're doing, man. I remember when you were the chaplain for the frat, and, you know, now I see, you know, your statements getting retweeted and reposted, you know, on all corners of the Internet, uh, and you really seem to be approaching, you know, Reverend Barber status. So I want to congratulate you, uh, frat, okay? I appreciate you, man. Take care of yourself. Four one three seven three six two seventy one. Excellent point from my fraternity brother. Listen, um, there are real black conservatives that are out there. We're not talking about the fringe, the alt-right um, 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 ones that are used by white supremacists to parrot their talking points. We're talking about real black Republicans, black conservatives who have legitimate points um, um, that are respectable individuals who are not sellouts. Um, and there are people out there 
uh, that won't sell their soul. And as he stated, they are not highlighted by the Republican Party. True black conservatives very rarely get highlighted because they're looking for the extreme sycophantic persons who aren't even true Republicans. Candace Owens is not a true Republican. She's never voted a day in her life. Never voted. Let me say that one more time. I know I said it a hundred times during this broadcast already. She's never voted. Telling us how to vote, who to vote for. She's never voted for a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, a libertarian. But they want to trot out people like her. Step and fetch it folk like uh, 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 polyester and coal, who y'all know is diamond and silk. These are the people that they, these are not true Republicans who have bought into the Republican uh, party platform and have had any uh, longevity in the party, um, um, uh, voting for the party, uh, 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 advocating for the platform of the party. These are not who they trot out when they want to get black people to rebut what Democrats have to say, what progressives have to say, what people who fight for social justice have to say. They get the extreme ones that they can control like puppets, you know, and put them out there as their mouthpiece. They put them up front so they can carry out their duty as sellouts. Because when a black person repeats the false claims of racist, once again, white supremacy wins. And Candace, she ain't the first black person uh, to garner attention by spouting right-wing views. She's just the latest. She's just the go-to person right now. Um, In truth, people like her have always existed. They've always served as tools of white supremacy. Um, If you go back to 2000, um, 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 you had folk during that election, the 2008 election, the 2012 election. It always uh, is a reality that you have black sycophantic white supremacy apologists that they can go to. Uh, Matter of fact, um, there were African spies who were placed in holding cells by European slave traders way back during the transatlantic slave trade. And their sole job was to listen and report back so that they could thwart any plans of rebellion. The black sellout is not something that's new. The reason that Turner... Uh, rebellion was cut short because of the black sellout. The reason Denmark Vissi's uh, um, uprising in Charleston, South Carolina uh, was thwarted was because of the black sellout. We've always had the black sellout. Always. Those tactics of using black folk um, to give cover for white supremacy has become the norm. Black overseers were used to enforce the brutality of slavery. Um, House slaves, sometimes born of the rape of black women by white slaveholders, helped to form the light skin versus the dark skin caste system that undergirded chattel slavery. The black sellout has always been with us, always will be with us. Candace is just the latest iteration of it. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. 
Yeah, I would just like to make one comment. Go right ahead. There's a delay on the radio. Don't pay attention to that. Okay. Um, um, the reason why um, the reason why black people are, are confused is that, uh, because we um, we own America simply because we was never paid for slavery, and because of that, we paid for America. Everything America has is owed to us because. We worked for 400-plus years in America and not received a dollar. So that's basically where we're at today. We have to realize that. That's why you have white supremacists and racism and all of that, crew club clans, because they know they owe us. They know this is our land. This God told us that this is us, our land, what he gave to us back in biblical times. All right. Thank you so much for your call. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. 413-736-2781. Good morning, caller. All right. Thank you so much for your call. Good morning, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Turn your radio down. There's a delay. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, uh, Bishop Swan. Hey, good morning. You know, you know the, only, the only problem with this whole conversation that I see is that they, they got us because they, they're distracting us from really going at what they're doing. Because they got us talking about this this reality, because it is real. But there's, you know, but look at all the energy we got to spend on this. Well, it, 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 I, I hear what you're saying to a certain extent, but but I think we can have this conversation and simultaneously work on issues that we need to work at. We, you know, we're we're very good at multitasking, and 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 I think I think I think we can have this conversation in depth. And at the same, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I stand totally corrected. I'm with you 100%. Thank All right. You. Thank you for your call. 413-736-2781. And, you know, in order for the whole system of using black sellouts to work, um, and, 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 and it was true even during slavery, they had to control the thinking of the enslaved. They had to be convinced that it was right for blacks to be oppressed and that challenging that oppression was an affront to the order of things. That's what they're trying to get us to do now. That's when the, when the caller called in and say, are you going to be whining about this next year or two? Basically telling us that just accept your oppression and be quiet about it. Just be happy that you're in America. Don't worry. Be happy. You know, just just just, you know, be satisfied um, that we allow you to be here and stop complaining about your oppression. That kind of mental enslavement is what helped to foil rebellions, uh, what, what, what helped to keep black folk down, what helped to stop uprisings uh, um, that were going to happen and what kept us uh, enslaved um, and, and, and at second class status. And that's the same tactic that they try to use today. Um, you know, uh, we've got to stop the whole the whole um, issue of Trump's administration, ignoring white supremacy and creating a label for uh, Black Lives Matter, other black advocacy groups um, for uh, black activists like myself. 
is to create this label and call it black identity extremists and then to focus on that and say we need to investigate black identity extremists in other words they're recreating J. Edgar Hoover's counterintelligence program of the 1950s and 60s to try to suppress the voice of black people, the legitimate grievance of black people. That's what that caller was trying to do with me. You know, how long are you going to be whining about this? In other words, shut up and be quiet. Just deal with the fact that you're second-class citizens and uh, you don't deserve to be treated any better than you're treated right now. Stop crying about We're tired of hearing you crying about our white supremacy. So the thing is, we're going to get and prop up other black people and try to convince black people that it really doesn't exist. It's just a figment in the imagination of bomb throwers like Bishop Swan and William Barber and certain other people who want to keep racism alive. Alive, as if us talking about white supremacy is what's keeping it alive. Uh, I, I, I mean, in essence, black sellouts have always helped to maintain white supremacy, and they've done so because they've adopted the mindset of their oppressors. When you listen to Candace Owens and others, Larry Elders and uh, 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 Thomas Sowells, they've developed the mindset of their oppressors. That's why stopping the spread of white supremacist violence will require more than a change of heart on the part of white people. It's going to also require a change in the thinking by black people who have sold us out. And that my sisters and brothers is the anatomy of a black sellout. That's what we got going on in America today. That's what we need to deal with. And that's what we cannot afford to pretend doesn't exist. And so when people call in and say, well, why try to silence them? Nobody's trying to silence them. They can talk all they want. But we definitely are going to counter their points. We're definitely going to debunk what they're trying to tell black people. And we're definitely going to fight against what they're selling. We ain't buying it. Sorry. White supremacy is a problem in America. It does exist, and we're going to fight against it every day. So when he asks me how long I'm going to keep whining, if you want to call it whining, you can call it what you want. I'm going to be whining until the day I die. As long as white supremacy affects my people, I'm going to be whining about it. I'm going to be complaining about it. I'm going to be saying something about it, okay, because I'm a free black man, and I'm going to speak truth to power today and always i got to get out your way uh for those who were looking for that sermon that i played earlier um, you can go to our podcast you can catch our podcast um bishop talbert swan spring of hope church of god in christ uh on spotify you can catch it on apple itunes um uh, subscribe to it uh listen to it uh you can go to our church website 413 hope Dot org. If you're looking for a place to worship, check us out at the Spring of Hope Church of God in Christ, 35 Alden Street, the Brick Church, right at Six Corners, 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, moving our midweek worship beginning uh, in October to Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. So would love to have you as my guest. Check us out, definitely. Um, 
I got to get out your way. Mrs. Cynthia Butler is in the studio. She's coming up next with mid-morning jazz and great black music, so don't you dare touch that dial. Stay right here at 90.7. Until the next time I talk to you and you talk to me, always remember, God loves you, and so do I. Say his name.